Hey, what's up, everybody? We've got an awesome show for you tonight, but real quick, just want to tell you how you can come support the show. So we've got a few ways to do it. Um, so the first one that we're kind of doing, this little promotion deal where uh, we're trying to get people over on our uh, Patreon, Patreon page. Uh, we're going to do a better job of getting... Uh, you know, consistent content on there. But for the most part right now, if you guys want to sign up for uh, Patreon, you know, at any level, what we've got here is we've got this movie. What is this movie, Ed? Oh, that's Frankenskies. That's a, a must watch. Yes. One of the most must watch movies in the history of the universe by our friend Matt Landman, uh, who who we will be talking to on the show very soon. But also, man, like like you guys, they just if you haven't seen it, you got to see it. So you can get a hard copy DVD from the Truzilla crew along with a handwritten personalized note. And I know we, we've got a few new Patreon subscribers we got They're you coming. covered. They're coming. They're coming. Megan just got out of surgery, so we were we all need to get together and get it all signed and get you guys in the mail. But we, we got that stuff coming. So uh, anybody that signs up at any level at Patreon, just shoot us your address in a DM on Patreon, and we'll send you a copy of Frank's Guys along with a personalized note from the crew. Also, another great way to support the show is to head over to TruthTRS.com. TruthTRS.com. Uh, they sell the TRS, which is an odorless, tasteless zeolite spray. It's a heavy metal detox, and it's going to take and absorb all of the heavy metal, heavy metals that have accumulated in your body, in your brain, in your organs, and it's going to s- absorb with them, neutralize them, and then you can just flush them out. And you're going to feel a million times percent better. Like I just, like I just can't tell you how much better I feel personally using it. Um, I've been using it, God, a good six months now, so I must be at the end. But I'm just going to keep rolling with it, man. Like it feels, I feel great. Brain I mean, fog, even poof, even even once you kind of get them out, you have to consistently yeah. keep yeah. taking it because I mean I don't know if you've been noticing, but since watching watching that movie, I see chemtrails. Yeah, you know, we're supposed to have La Nina, but it's been pretty dry around here, mm-hmm. and there's chemtrails mm-hmm. all the time. Yep, yep. I just got a listener from Maryland just sent me a bunch of photos today. Uh, right. Shout out, uh, but um, yeah, she sent us a bunch of photos, and they're just getting hit hard with chemtrails, dude. It was bad. So, you know. All of these things accumulate in our bodies, and so TRS is a great way to get that stuff out. You're going to feel like a million bucks. So truthtrs.com to learn more about that. Also, follow them on Instagram at truthtrs. They've got all kinds of great memes. They post testimonials, and if you have questions, you can hit them up on there. So also, uh, make sure you check out our friend while you're on Instagram, Cody, over at Cody. Cody's, Cody's Crystals, at C-O-D-Y-S underscore crystals. Um, he's got the best gems and crystals in the business. If you need you to get yourself a good Christmas gift, I can't tell you a better place in the history of the, in the world than Cody's Crystals. Yeah, put your money where your mouth is. Do support, it. Support like-minded yes. folks, yes. just like when you're going to the gym. 100%, yes. <laughs> you guys will see in the episode. Okay. Anyway, uh, also, make sure you go check out Modern Retro Radio. Modern Adis. Retro Adis over at ModernRetroRadio.com, ModernRetroFM.com, and on the TuneIn app. They do uh, new songs by classic artists and streaming 24-7, and it's just awesome. And Adis is a great friend of the show, yeah. um, and so he's got a really cool thing going on. Um, also, make sure you like, share, and subscribe this show. You know, those five star reviews help beat the algorithms, which are definitely working against us. Yeah, you guys, it's just it's just diabolical. So please, please, please help support the show. If you can't do anything financially, you know, you can just uh, give us a like, share and a subscribe. Oh, another great way. uh, Let's see. I've got my uh, ever wondered if you would have complied in 1930s Germany. Now, you know, shirt, Um, you can get that a copy of this at the truthzilla.org forward slash shirt shop. A whole bunch of cool designs. Um, go check them out there. Or if you guys just want to do a value for value donation, like crypto, anything like that, truezilla.org forward slash donate. <sighs> I think that's everything. Anything else? Welcome to the show. Enjoy the show.
What's up, everybody? This is Scott here with my boy Ed. What uh, up? Megan couldn't make it tonight. She just had back surgery. But you guys, I just want to check in real quick. This is the first episode that we recorded since getting our channel on Band.Video. Yes. And I'm just super excited about that. You know, just shout out to all the InfoWars audience. You know, it's such an honor and a pleasure to be here with all of you guys and gals. Um, trying to just really, really, really hammer home the truth. Hopefully you like what you see so far. You know, we've got, you know, a couple hundred other episodes. Um, if you go to like the, you know, whatever your favorite podcast player is, you can catch up. We've talked to like Judy Mikovits. We've talked to like John Paul Rice. We've talked to some pretty fascinating doctors. Lots of um, doctors. Lots of doctors, lots of scientists, lots of people, lots of lawyers. makers. Yeah, just people just really, really, really trying to get to the bottom of the truth. So we just want to stop real quick and say, hey, we are super grateful to be here with you all. And uh, yeah, we got a good one for you again tonight. So hopefully you enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Truthzilla. My name is Scott, sitting here with my friend Ed. Yo. You guys, sorry Megan couldn't make it tonight. She actually is just fresh off of back surgery. So she went into back surgery on Tuesday, and uh, she's healing up well, uh, but she just couldn't make it tonight. So uh, just the two of us, and we're sitting here with our friend Tina, Tina Marie from LearnTheRisk.org. Um, hopefully you guys can go back. If you haven't heard the original episode that we did with Tina, um, that'll get you guys up to speed. But at the same time, I feel like we have a lot of new listeners now, so uh, it's worth starting over. And maybe, Tina, can you just uh, – well, first of all, welcome to the show. How, how are you? Thank you. I'm good. How are you? Okay, really, really Thank good. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. Yeah. It really is a pleasure. You know, you're doing some of the most important work imaginable out there. You know, the stuff that you're saying, the stuff that people in the movement are talking about, like this is dangerous stuff. I mean, this is this is – Seriously, we, we lay our lives on the line every day. And, you know, it's it's almost worth mentioning, too, like without getting too much of the specifics or details, but like or naming any names necessarily. But like, man, last time you were on the show, it's just kind of a weird inside <laughs> baseball thing here. Like we posted the video on YouTube and literally within about 20 minutes, it was just like a cascade of people coming into our inbox on various social media platforms yeah. like Name, name notable people that you've heard of, you know, like blasting us, coming after us. And it was like, okay, there's no way that, like, unless they were like monitoring my Wi-Fi connection and knowing that I was uploading, it was really creepy. It really caught me off guard. It really caught me off guard about how, how brazen and uh, crazy the attack literally was. And so... It's kind of the infiltration of the medical freedom movement, like yeah. that we talked about actually in the episode. It was, it was like brought, it was completely obvious yeah. right after. And so it yeah. only leads me to believe that there are either people that are like watching our channel, like reporting back if anything, if we were to say anything, or like literally like our, our, our lines are being monitored or something. I was like looking at my rear view mirror for the next few days. <laughs> like I was like, dude, did we just awake the sleeping giant? Like what is going on here? But it was just crazy. But, you know, so all that to say, you know, you know, it takes a lot of courage to do what you do. Um, and so, you know, Various different places we can start, but maybe let's just start at the beginning because we're here not only to talk about your efforts and learn the risk, but also Brandy, Brandy Vaughn, um, you know, who uh, was also a very courageous person uh, in the movement. And uh, maybe just give us a little backstory about her and your guys' friendship and uh, and we'll just kind of go from there. Okay. Um, Brandy was a Merc, well, we, we called her a Merc whistleblower. I don't think mm -hmm. by true definition she was actually a whistleblower, but she had inside scoop as to um, the operations of how Merck is behind the scenes when they were selling the drug Vioxx and hundreds of thousands were dying from that medication. And she saw from behind the scenes how they kept um, encouraging them and how they could get around uh, the pushback that was happening and continue sales. And so she felt like she had blood on her hands and she got out of that industry um, and she laid low for quite a while until the vaccine issue came up in California. 
her son was not vaccinated and uh, she knew she had done her research after he was born. She was in Europe when he was born and there they don't push the, uh, she was in um, Amsterdam. There they don't push the uh, vaccines as much. She had a midwife and it was really a non-issue after he was born. But when she moved to California and went to a pediatrician visit, that's when um, she kind of, her eyes were opened up as to how much they were pushing the vaccines and they wanted to be able to, Oh, sorry, I have a puppy dropping things. <laughs> um, they wanted to, they were pushing her, getting him caught up. And she said, look, I know how this works. I used to sell to guys like you. I want to see that vaccine insert. And which made the doctor angry. And she ended up leaving that office and dove into the vaccine issue, never vaccinated him. And then fast forward to 2015 and um, they were pushing SB 277, which I call BS 277 in <laughs> California. And they were taking our rights away to um, exempt the kids uh, from vaccines to be able to go to school. So that's when Brandy knew that she needed to go public and, you know, explain what she saw behind the scenes and bring her, you know, knowledge, her science knowledge, and just like pack it all into a website and get that message out there. She had a billboard campaign that she started um, and we were, you know, just on a mission to get the word out there, the true facts about vaccines. I was drawn to her because um, there was a lot in the movement when I first started speaking out. And for me, as soon as I know, I have dug into the truth, I will speak the truth and, and I won't sugarcoat anything. Um, I don't, I, I mean, there's ways of gently going into it to explain to someone without being harsh, but the truth is sometimes harsh. And, you know, there's, there would be people in the movement who, you know, in the early days, I didn't know what I was up against, even jumping into all of this, but there would be people, you know, saying, oh, don't talk about there be it being poison, like that you have to just say, we want our freedom. We're just fighting for our rights. And that just never sat well with me because I remember thinking, I wish someone had warned me, I would have never vaccinated my older kids had I known the truth. And so the fighting for freedom piece or just fighting for choice, it never sat well with me because I don't think anyone should have the choice to harm a child, to like hurt their bodily autonomy. Everyone has a right to their bodily autonomy. So Brandy was of the same mindset. And I first had seen her online and she was actually in the early days, I saw her coming out in a big group in California uh, talking about controlled opposition. And she had my attention because it was already not sitting well with me, these people that would come in and try to control the messaging and she was basically throwing out their um, situations that she had come across while she was working with some of those organiza organizations where they were pushing her aside, didn't want her out um, getting on stage speaking. And she was thinking like, I'm, I'm speaking out again. I worked for the pharmaceutical industry. I'm, you would think that they, I'm the first person they want to get out there speaking to people. And they didn't want her doing that. And so that's when she pulled out on her own and started to learn the risk. Um, I was starting to, I was, I had taken on doing a rally at Golden Gate Bridge because no one else was stepping up to the plate and a good friend of mine convinced me that we should do it. And so when I was um, lined up to, I was organizing that and Brandy reached out to me and asked if she could sponsor it and help me get speakers. And so that was when we first met in person and we connected very, very quickly. Uh, and so I, I've been helping, I was helping her more behind the scenes with Learn the Risk right out of the gate. Uh, I had actually thought of doing something similar on a much smaller scale, but I had had the idea of getting like information cards mm -hmm. 
and um, getting these out just everywhere you go in the public, hand them to new, you know, to moms or put them in the credit card slot at a gas station, uh, leave them in a restroom. Like I, I really thought that we need to get this, like we need grassroots activism. And, you know, she had, she was in alignment with that idea and had the billboard campaign. She had the website. So we joined efforts and that's how um, Learn the Risk started. I mean, it's primarily her baby, but it was something I had on my mind to do anyway. And I mean, just the, the universe brought us together and it was a very instant um, connection and we were very close um, and we were on a mission, a very similar mission. Wow. I just want to kind of comment too, just on uh, what you were talking about there about just, just telling people the truth as opposed to, um, you know, just trying to push that everybody has a right to the choice. Like I, I do think that there's, um, it's interesting when I look back on like my own awakening, you know, like I got drug into this by a vaccine injured child and um, I was having a hard time believing it was the vaccine and their mother was like, it was just clear as day to her. Right. And she was dragging me to vaxxed and uh, uh, taking me and just shooting me articles all the time. And um, it was, it's just really interesting because, because it really is, you know, after looking back at this point, it's so obvious to me. Like, I mean, in this day and age, like everybody has to preface with like, I'm not anti-vax, but you know, but like I'll, I'll own that any day at this point, you know, yeah, now that too. I know all the information, it's just, you just have to get all the information. It, Cause for me, it was, um, you know, I was being given the information, but until I went and did my own research, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it is, you have to, but Ed, you're not you supposed can, to do your own research, yeah, right? Well, no. <laughs> we can plant these seeds all, all we want. And I think that that's so important. We need to, you know, give, give the cards and have the billboards mm-hmm. and stuff. But these people, they're, they need to go do their, some research of their own. When they find that information, they'll, they'll find the truth. And, Absolutely. And you, you won't make that decision until you find it for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, that's why this, you know, fight for freedom or the, the, the fight for choice is limiting our progress. It's slowing down our progress. It's such a watered down message because people, if you, if, you, if someone doesn't understand the really real dangers behind of what's in the vaccines, even mm-hmm. they're not going to fight for anything. They're going to just continue watching TV every night. Like they're already doing. And they're going to blindly just do, they'll think, Oh, well, everybody else is doing it. And so I'm going to do it as well. That's why we felt like, you know, getting the truth out there and you don't, you know, when I'm, in person with someone it's not like i'm like oh it's poison and like i i just will approach a parent another parent and tell them my own story even of what my own kids went through and i didn't know it till after the fact probably similar to you yeah exactly but although when i heard it i i knew enough about the medical industry because i jumped in like 20 24 years ago i started researching cancer and that we can heal cancer. The yes. body can heal from anything. 100%. And so when I heard about the vaccine issue, like I was actually mad at myself for not piecing that together sooner. It took me probably another 10 years after waking up to the cancer in, um, industry and you know the lies they're telling there. It took another 10 years before I woke up to the vaccines. But when I was presented with the information, I, I my gut instinct immediately knew and, and you know, and I just dove in. And then I knew I had to pay it forward. And Part of my issue, like the whole controlled opposition um, talk back then did not go over well for Brandy. (laughs) Uh, She was really attacked online, but I started supporting her because I knew that she was, she she had nothing to gain by saying what she was saying, like absolutely nothing to gain by putting out the information that she was about the controlled opposition within the movement. 
And I feel like, and so her and I would talk about that and the moving parts and the players that we didn't trust. And after her passing, I like, I felt like I was like dropped into a bad movie because I already knew it was no surprise to me that this stuff was happening, but it was, you know, I'm trying to, first of all, mourn my friend. And I'm also, and I'm kind of, I want to trust people, but my gut instincts were just like, they were just on fire and. I had people contacting me that had no business contacting me about Brandy. They weren't really close to Brandy. They weren't close to learn the risk. Like they had no business phoning and trying to threaten me as to what I should be doing with fundraising money. And everybody that was close to her that I knew was close to her, we were all in agreement. Like these were shady characters coming in to try to control what was going to happen. And, you know, the names that got dropped with me as to who wouldn't support it are big names in the movement. And they still, I mean, I've seen some of them. I've spoke at events that other, some of them have been at and they wouldn't even look me in the eye and they knew that I was close with her. So, you know, I, but I can't, I don't focus on that. I think it's good information that people, you know, if they come across these interviews and they hear me saying it, some need to know it. It's going to take them a little further down their own path of awakening because it's going to some, for some me going through that did wake a lot of people up. I mean, I saw in comments, it would get shared to me in text messages. I saw people that said, you know, I'd heard that, but I didn't want to believe it. But now that I see you doing this to Tina, I know it because they knew me. Like there were a lot of people that knew how close Brandy and I were that couldn't believe what was happening to me. And that was their, you know, next layer of the awakening. They woke up a little further because of this crazy stuff that was going on after her passing. So And I was so grounded in what my purpose was and what I needed to do that. And and I really was bothered by what was happening with her son being publicly put out there Mm -hmm. that I didn't care what was happening to me. I really didn't. I mean, when you stand really firmly in your truth and you know what you know that you're doing, what you're supposed to be doing and that you're authentic and and your purpose is um, real and you know that you're honoring your friend. I didn't care. I really didn't care because I know the people that know me know that I was doing what Brandy would have wanted me to do. And so all of that didn't matter. All I wanted to do is protect her son and I wanted to protect, learn the risk and protect her her legacy, everything that she worked for, I was not going to let that. I mean, I was not even sleeping in the first week of her passing. Mm -hmm. I I probably got 24 hours of sleep in in a whole week. Like I would pass out for maybe three hours and then I'd jump up and I'd be right back at it because there was just so many layers of things that need to be handled. You know, private investigation, uh, her son, I was trying to protect, um, which I feel like I failed at that. But even on that, you know, there's probably higher purpose reasons as to why that unfolded the way it did. And so I have to accept it. I hope that he's, you know, doing okay now with his family. Um, I fear that he's not being protected the way that he would have been protected with me because Brandy knew I would never, ever let an injection go into that child. Like never. And I can't, I can't say that that's not the case over there. Like I, I, I know the father was, pretty pro-vax, but he's not with the father. So I worry about it, but, you know, I can only do what I can, what I was able to do. And I did push for the private investigation that got blocked many layers, every step of the way I was being blocked with that as well. We were able to confirm there was a lot of um, rumor going out in the early days that it was her gallbladder. Mm -hmm. And I believe they were doing that to try to um, just silence it real fast. Mm -hmm. You know, it's natural causes, nothing to see here. And, they were, you know, that was their goal. And 
we did, um, I did have a forensic scientist that I hired that went over the, some of the slides and he was able to confirm that her gallbladder was a hundred percent, um, mm-hmm. in good condition. Wow. So, um, I didn't, you know, the main thing I, I did what I could with the investigation. I feel like I failed at saving, you know, what, honoring what she wanted for her son and then learn the risk was really the only thing that I could, you know, I, I luckily <laughs> was able to save. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so for maybe some of our listeners that aren't aren't completely aware, you know, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people are familiar with Brandy and her story and her contribution. But um, so you reached out to us just to remind uh, about how that we're coming up on the anniversary of her passing. And I'm going to try and get this episode out in the next couple of days, uh, probably by tomorrow night, Friday night. So you have something coming up here. So so we lost Brandy, uh, you know, was it the 7th, December 7th? Yeah, it was December of 2020. December of 2020. And so, um, you know, I remember at the time it was like very controversial, right? Like, like, and, and, and all these folks that were coming out of the woodwork trying to people in the medical freedom movement that are actively. So basically either big pharma is responsible for this, or it was a tragic, you know, she had something wrong with her gallbladder or something like that. Why would they be spending so much time and energy trying to like push us into a certain narrative? That's what just, just blowing and, my and mind. W- because Brandy had already posted her own. Yes, exactly. What was it the list of like yeah. 10 things? I mean, can you kind of explain that a little bit? That she had, she'd already, she yes, knew that yeah. she, they were after her. Yep, that's yeah, kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah the whole, there was she, a lot leading up to this. Yeah, she had done a video a few years before about the break in at her house and explained that. She knew she would always put it out there what was happening to her because, and she lived in fear. I mean, every time I talked to her, she, or it was, especially if we were together, she didn't say as much in phone calls and text messages because she, we, we'd actually go for walks and she'd leave the phone at home because she felt like she was being listened to all the time. So what she did was a year before on Facebook, she wrote a list of, you know, I'm in perfect health. I just did my insurance, mm-hmm. basically got her insurance and had to do testing, perfect health. She's not suicidal. She would never leave her son for anything. If she was to have to an untimely death that she wants, um, that she has it arranged, there would be private, um, there would be fun that we'll be doing fundraising, hiring a private investigation investigator. Like she laid it out there. Sure. It, for everybody to see. So why these people, you know, within the medical freedom movement who had nothing to do with her, I mean, they may have known her, but they weren't supporters of learn the risk. Why were they coming in and trying to tell me where that money had to go? They weren't people close to her. Like none of it made sense. That would be like me going to one of these other freedom um, organizations and Sorry, my puppy is really trying to get in there. <laughs> it's like me going to one of these other organizations and trying to tell them, oh, I'm going to step in. I'm me from Learn the Risk over here. I'm going to tell you where that money has to go when you fundraise for, you know, this some other organization. Mm-hmm. It, it just doesn't make sense. And they were doing everything they could even online to discredit me, discredit that we were friends. It was crazy. And so, like, if they almost made it more to anyone paying attention it made it more suspicious, mm-hmm. 100%. her death, her passing, for, to, to be enduring that much craziness. I was just asked in, a, in another um, interview recently, sorry, um, I was asked about if I think she was murdered. And I'm like, you know, if even I would have probably been a little bit more on the fence had all that craziness not happened. I mean, there's still I would have always thought that because she was healthy. She ate very organically, like. It, you just people don't healthy people don't just drop dead. I mean, it just yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But the fact that all that shady stuff was happening on top of her passing, like it just kind of confirmed it. I mean, 
for sure they were hiding something. It just doesn't make sense why they wanted, we're so quick to say this was natural causes when they didn't have any information. And all you were trying to do is get a second autopsy, doing these things that she had listed out that she, she was worried. I mean, she was basically being like almost gang stalked at at this point. And, uh, and she had laid it out there and no one wanted to have anything to do with that. They wanted to shut you down and they wanted to say this was natural causes and move along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were withholding the computers. They were withholding the phone. They wouldn't give, they wouldn't even let me have access to anything of the learn the risk they were, and I know from a friend of hers that had just stayed there not that long before that she had a bunch of learn the risk stuff, even in the garage. They lied to us about that and said, oh, it's in storage. But we had heard from someone else close to the situation. The woman that got involved in everything moved everything over to the storage. And then the storage people locked it up. Like it was, and I was paying, well, learn the risk. I, but at that point, me through learn the risk, it was being paid for by learn the risk, the storage. And those people would not let us have access to the storage. Mm. Like it. From every turn, we were getting blocked because I felt like I was up against professionals and they were 10 steps ahead of me every step of the way. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, I guess kind of where we left it last time, it sounds like not a lot happened. Like you never got control of the computer or, or, or I did end up getting a computer. Um, I've not done really much with it yet because now you get to the point of who do you trust? Mm -hmm. Like it's even hard when I get, you know, people writing in that they want to volunteer. There's only so much, Mm -hmm. you know, they can do, they can do whatever they want, you know, with the the tools uh, that we have (laughs) to go do their activism in their own community but to, you know, anything more internal, we don't, it's hard to trust. Like it's a very small team of people that are taking care of everything. Um, and then with the computer, same thing. I mean, who do you trust? I, I have been in contact with a couple of people that are working on finding someone and they're people that I trust. Um, but they've even said the fact that this is like pharma related, yeah. that they have to be careful mm-hmm. with the connections that they have. It's, it's yeah, not an easy, yeah. and I, I figure I'm not rushing anything. I'm just mm-hmm. going to pace it. I believe everything happens when it's meant to happen. And I will wait for divine intervention <laughs> to take yeah. care of that pace. I haven't given up hope, um, but I just, you know, in between, I stay super busy with uh, Learn the Risk. Uh, with the anniversary coming up of her passing, it has been really hard for me in the month of um, November. As soon as November hit, I was... Mm-hmm at the beginning of November, getting really emotional about it again. And then around Thanksgiving, it was hard because she was with us for Thanksgiving. And then two days after Thanksgiving is when she'd left us. And this year, two days after Thanksgiving, it was a really hard day for me because I knew that was the one year of the last time I'd seen her. And I was driving on the freeway and I look over and I see a burgundy car, which she had a burgundy car too. And it says Brandy. On the license plate. The license plate was Uh, Brandy. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. I was like, okay, that's her giving the sign for sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. I saw that post um, on Instagram. I was like, oh, yes, we're on the right path. Yeah. You know, it's things like that, the synchronicities that remind me, you know, we may veer off and we may stray, we may take the wrong road, but when moments like that intersect, it's like, okay, I'm on the right path. Just exactly. Reminder, you know, so exactly. And I had had less signs. Like in the early mm-hmm. days, I was getting signed one after another. Like I was just, my whole body would be in goosebumps. Like I would just think of something and I knew she was with me. I could feel it. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, you know, dies off for a while and it's here and there. But that day it was very powerful. Um, and then I was trying to think for a while, like, what do I do to honor her? Like a balloon release? No, mm-hmm. like that's what everybody else does. And it's not good for the environment. She'd hate that. <laughs> She was all about the environment. (laughs) And so then I thought candles, no, it's carcinogens. And she wouldn't like that either. And then I thought, well, her mission is to 
raise awareness. The best thing we can do for her is, you know, get people out there and either purchase, you know, I put everything on sale so that hopefully more people make purchases to buy banners and huge magnets, a few different types. Awesome. Wow. Magnets for the car. Cause you know, if you're worried about um, someone, you know, vandalizing the car, you just take it off and throw totally. it back in the car. I have smaller ones too, the size like a, a bumper sticker that are, um, I have bumper stickers and magnets. Uh, so, and then signs, banners, uh, or make your own a homemade mm-hmm. one. If you, you, know, cool. if you can't afford it, go to the dollar store and write learntherisk.org and vaccines harm, whatever. But I want to honor her by getting as many people out on Tuesday, December 7th at a busy street corner in your own community and just get out there and do what she, the, she built this platform, this grassroots platform. It's got all kinds of science on the, on the website um, get people out there with, you know, that message because, you know, some are going to go by and take a picture or write down the website and they're going to look it up and we can save lives that day. So, um, that's what we're doing for, to honor her on the one year anniversary of her passing. And hopefully I can get people all around the world. And I asked, you know, people please write in info at learntherisk.org and send us pictures and videos. There's a musician actually that has written a little song and she wants to, after the event, get as many pictures and maybe video clips and she's going to put it to the song that she wrote and we'll release that later as well. Amazing. That's That's amazing. Yeah. I hope everybody listening to this, the Truezilla Mind Militia call to action. You guys get out there Tuesday uh, the seventh is just coming Tuesday. Um, yeah. And if you guys send us any, any videos, like, well, I want to edit together like a little compilation. We'll put it out on our platform too. So you could be famous. You could be on the true zone podcast and just, yeah. Yeah, get out there and do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's really, really cool. Um, wow. Yeah. That's, that's really powerful. She'd be very, very proud, you know, um, just showing courage in the face of all this, you know? Um, so, uh, let's see. Wow. I, I just think, um, just to kind of come back around yes. to just to, to, Say the severity of the situation. Why, you know, Brandy was a whistleblower against a, a big pharma in in this day and age. Like, right? And what's going on right now? You know, I mean, I, I just think, you know, uh, they are trying to to silence anyone mm-hmm. right now. Like, and uh, just being being the person she was, it adds it adds a whole nother level to like why she would have been targeted to be killed, you know? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like the Carrie Mullis effect or, totally. or you know, they knew what was coming and so they had to deplatform people back yeah. in 2019 and it's just like, yeah. They- and I heard shortly after her passing, there were some lawsuits coming up with the Vioxx yeah. drug and so people think that she might have been asked to, and I don't know if she was or not, but she could have been asked mm. or was going to be asked to testify in those trials and they were also repackaging and renaming Viox. It was going to yeah, be coming out. Yeah. So there's, and then the COVID pandemic stuff. I mean, there's layered reasons as to why she would have been a target. I mean, and she, she moved back to Santa Barbara, which I believe is where this was all laid out for it to happen. This is where the players, you know, and it, it, the timing of it, you know, she wasn't even there a full year when it happened. Mm. She had lived there years ago when there had been the break-in. Then she ended up moving to Europe, um, but her son hated it in Europe. So that's why she came back. So she hadn't even been in Santa Barbara for a complete year when it happened. But that's, I think, where it had all been lined up from when she was there previously. Mm -hmm. And if you go back and watch some of these videos, um, 
you know, some of the, the famous ones about her giving the tour, like after the break in, talking about her laptop, about how it was like placed in the middle of the floor. Like these are like very, and the duck, you know, the sitting duck, mm-hmm. things like that, you know, that, that, that gives some indication that there are some, like a professional level to this, you know, the mind manipulation. And, and, you know, we've talked a little bit about like targeted individuals, the idea of gang stalking and then how that's a phenomenon that really not a lot of people have a whole lot of perspective on, you know, and some people question the validity of it, but the, to the people that are in, that, that are targets of it, you know, I know people personally that are, you know, it's a very, very, very real thing. And, yeah. uh, you know, there is some element of some sort of like professional aspect to it, which is super just terror, even more terrifying, you know? And I, I was curious though, have you personally experienced anything like that since then? I haven't. And I feel like because she was had so many layers as to why she'd be a target, that that's why she was more mm-hmm. targeted. Um, I also am very big on energy and mm-hmm. I feel like what we focus on in, uh, and I'm a little bit like thrown off with it now after her passing, I, I somewhat wonder, is it that her higher consciousness knew that her life would be a short one and that's why she focused on it? Or did she draw it in? Because I don't feel it at all. Like energetically, I feel like I am on the right path. Yeah. And I'm doing the work I'm supposed to do. And I'm not living in fear whatsoever. I've never put a mask on through the entire pandemic ever. Not once. Um, I am just, I'm very um, committed to living authentically and living fearlessly and doing what I can to, you know, make a difference and protect my children's future. Uh, I think if we had everybody doing what I was doing, that this probably would have been over by now because Mm -hmm. I've never never listened to any of it. Yeah, it would have never started. And so I just, you know, hope that I can encourage people to just be real, like live authentically, don't do things out of fear. And, you know, it's been a blessing being on this path in that I feel, you know, I feel like up until the point of someone finding their purpose is when you're doing a lot of destructive things in your life, because you're just there you're you know drinking and partying and you're watching television it's just all mindless and there's no purpose behind it when you figure out your purpose for me it just make i enjoy every day i have the best friends i have the, the greatest relationships in my life i would never even turn back time for this pandemic i've met so many people during this because I wouldn't wear a mask and I would have, I had one woman come up to me and pulled her mask down. And she's like, can I ask you how you got in here? And I said, I just walked in and I said, I have a condition that prevents me because my condition in my head was sanity, common yeah. sense. Yeah. And <laughs> she took her mask off and she, yeah, freedom. she took her mask <laughs> off and she stuck it in her purse and her husband still was wearing it on under the chin. And then this is at one store. Then I go to the next grocery store um, and they by chance happened to come in there as well. And her husband had no mask on then. And he's like, hey, Tina, I just wanted you (laughs) to be proud of me, too. I'm not wearing a mask. And then later I see him on his own and he came up to me and he said, you know, I just have to tell you that since my wife met you at the other store, he says she's been crying. He goes, only this time it's tears of happiness. Mm -hmm. And he says, we moved here from Oregon and two weeks before the pandemic struck. And he goes, she's barely like, cause she knew, she knew mm. immediately. Wow. And she's, he goes, she's in tears all the time. She has no friends here. She's been basically hiding out at home. And he says, and you know, you gave her hope. 
And I was just like, I goosebumps right away. Cause I mean, those are the moments where I feel like, okay, cause it is, it wasn't easy for me either when everybody had a mask on and I'd be like the lone one running into places. It, I had to push through my own like discomfort and fears. But when I'd hear stories like that, like it just meant the world to me. I later ended up um, meeting her somewhere and she said, you know, you saved our marriage. Wow. Like, what? <laughs> because I, after they met me, I got them into groups with me and I, 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 I mean, I don't buy into germ theory. I'm like, I'm really, I, when I learn more and more and more, I speak truth and I don't care mm-hmm. who's uncomfortable with it. And by the, some of the stuff that I was posting, even about the government and, you know, both sides, it's, a, it's the same, like, mm-hmm. it's all the oh, same. Yeah. It's yeah. all just a divide and conquer. It's all, we're living in a matrix. Like they, str- I think she struggled with some of the things I was saying at one point, but the more she uncovered and then the more she shared with him, they, it was helping them grow together in the middle of all of it. And, you know, I hadn't seen her for a long time. I, it was over a year later and I ended up being somewhere where like a event was going on with freedom um, people. And she came up and she's like, you don't remember me, do you? And I didn't, <laughs> I, I mean, I vaguely, but I meet sure. a lot of people cause I'm always talking to everybody. Yeah. And she then said, I met you at the grocery store and then went into the story. Like she was just, she got connected with other you know like-minded people. And we later ended up, getting together and having coffee and she kind of went into the background of how it saved her and them. Like, and I, it just, it meant a lot to me to have someone say that because I, you don't feel that every day when you're, you know, that's an amazing story. I love that. But I, I, I've often said since, since this is happening, like we're living our best lives Mm -hmm. because I, I mean, for us, like, I mean, we started the podcast, you know, we found that purpose that you're talking about, you know, putting our voices out there and, and finding those other people, connecting with people across the world. I think that's the part that they didn't bargain for when they rolled this thing out is that all of us freedom loving people that are like critical thinkers would find each other Mm -hmm. and and we would have these conversations, you know, and people like- black, white, like gays, like it doesn't like all that stuff, like that they try to divide us. I'm like, that shit doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we are, we are unified against them. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it uh, did, yeah. it made us stronger. We found oh, each oh, other yeah. because of them putting that platform. I mean, I remember the early days of waking up about vaccines and well, I knew about it years ago, but it was when D- Disneyland measles started mm-hmm. and I immediately knew, Oh wow. They're just like all this propaganda because they're going to push, you know, I knew that something was coming up. And so I created groups. Uh, I could created a group online where I would see other people speaking out about it. And I'd pull us all into that. I pull them into the group and say, I have a group. We work together. So if you see an article that's, you know, with propaganda, we can come in together because I, knew that people like to follow a group. They like the group, the mob thing. And I knew, I just felt like I needed to create that. They need to see, or even on our own pages, we needed more support for each other. And so I'd have in that group, if, if there was um, even on a personal page, or if there was an article, we would post a link to where we needed help. And then everyone would come in with information. And it took a lot of pressure off you going solo into those situations. And I became good friends with some of the people in that group. Like I knew them for years before I met them in person. And of course, when we met in person, it's like we've known we're lifetime friends. The friendships I have made, like people say, oh, I'm not going to talk about that because uh, we're gonna, I'm going to lose friends. I don't want to lose my friends. And I kept saying, I always say to them, you can't lose real friends. Yeah. You, it's absolutely impossible to lose a real friend. You're going to, you might lose some fake person that's mm-hmm. not really your friend, but if someone truly respects you, they're going to be curious about what you've learned. They're going to be curious. 
And if they turn their back on you, well, they've done you a favor. You don't need friends like that because the right people will, you will, when you speak your truth, the right people just start falling into, into your path. It's been pretty miraculous, honestly. And, you know, the, the idea of that story you shared too, just, I, you know, I say this a lot, like courage is contagious. It really is. Like when people see us standing and being courageous, like that's why I think it's just really important for each one of us. Even if you are in a community, like, like we're in Oregon, you know, here in Eugene, <laughs> Oregon, and uh, it's just still just a sea of masks everywhere you go, you know? And, and oh. so even though I'm usually the only person in the whole store. Unless I'm uh, in the store. Unless he's in the store, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but see, every now and then you see somebody that doesn't have a mask on. I'm just like, yeah. And you know, the great thing is, is it's just like all people of all colors every single time, you know, Hispanic people, black people, like old people, young people, like every time, but we have this like alignment on freedom, dude. It's so great. And we're just like, and we can all like give them a little head nod. Sometimes I'll go shake their hand. I'm like, Hey, it's good to see your face, you know, stuff like that. But at the same time, I think all the people that still have the masks on, I'm sure a good percentage of them are just stewing. It's like that, that NPC meme, you know, with the mask (laughs) and the tears coming down and they're just like, they're just so angry. Like, how could that person be so, you know what I mean? But, but I think that there's still some of them that are starting to break through a little bit. People are just like, they see that. In fact, I did see one guy, yeah, recently, and we've all had these stories. I mean, you know, guy with his gal, his gal didn't have a mask on. I, I come walking by, he had a mask on and he goes, like that. I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, stuff like that. I was that. usually getting their numbers. I'd go up and like create conversation and like get their phone number. And we had some freedom events, like several freedom events in the yep. early days. Cause I knew like people are alone. They need yes. to like have that exactly. camaraderie of each other. Actually that day, that particular day in the grocery store, I had five people take off their masks. Yep. That couple. And then another woman who had it dangling. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's the way to wear it. And then mm-hmm. she ends up in the end of the conversation, put taking it off. And then while I was talking to the couple that had come into the second grocery store, these two girls in their early 20s, I, we overhear them. And the one says, you don't have to wear masks in here. And the other one's like, I guess not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they both took them off. <laughs> and then the guy, the guy says to me, you better go get their number, Tina. <laughs> there you go. Sometimes I do that when I come out of a store and I see somebody and I'm just, hey, you don't have to wear a mask in there, you know, and they're putting their, I don't know if that ever has any impact, but, but still just the idea of just the, the plant and the seed in people's heads, like it's okay. It's okay to not wear your mask. Like that's so super important. Like even if you're scared, even if, you know, but from what I've found in our community, you know, generally like back in 2020, it was, you know, you would, we really had to like pick your battles. You know what I mean? Like there was some times where it's like, motherfucker, I have to go in this damn store right here and or like like some sort of thing and i have to have these little cheater like plastic face shield thing even jiggers but like still it's just i haven't worn a mask in a long time i really stoked well except at the gym <laughs> except at, at my gym but i gotta say too i gotta say too is that like i have just not worn it at all lately although there's some they, they, they kind of hassle you every now and then but i just i just don't we had an inside joke because his gym doesn't require you to wear a mask well and we and, had we had the uh the owner <laughs> yeah. of of the gym on the show and he he stayed open through the entire lockdown yes, and yes, like never required yes. masks so i'm like that's where i want to put my money and so i so one of uh, the two of us. <laughs> so I just like eternally, I get to give him shit. Yes, yes, it, yes. He, the other day, he's I, like, I would too. He's like, he's like, he's like, How, how's your, how's your gym with your mask and your CNN? I took a picture of myself with a little mask on. The CNN was on the TV in the back. I'm like, anyway, okay, okay. Anyway, I know, I know, I know, I know. I can't but, do it. I, it looks I like slaves to me. I, know. I just totally. cannot do it. And you know, the other thing is, is like, especially here in Arizona, people are like, my, you know, if they come after the guns, that's the hill I'll die on. Mm. And I'm like, you guys couldn't even protect your breath. Yeah, like, exactly. Really? You, exactly. You couldn't even protect the air you breathe. You think you're going to protect your guns? 100%. I, that's such a good it. point. That's such a good point. So I've been saying this whole time too, is that like, you guys, we could have stopped this when it was just about the masks, you know, we're going to be sitting in our little 
pods with our little like plugged into the back of our head with you know existing in the metaverse and getting fed bugs through a feeding tube right you know and we're like we could have stopped this when it was just about the mask you guys oh my god right and it's i you know i mean i my patience is, has run a little short too because yeah. it's like I mean just just recently with the Omicron variant it's like Ugh, just the the, the double talk like yeah. they the reporters can't even say anything legit anymore they're like well we don't really have evidence of uh, you know how it'll spread but it's spreading rapidly mm-hmm. it's like they, they if you can't hear it like what are you doing at this point at mm-hmm. this point like you've just they picked haven't, a side. They haven't isolated a single variant like there we go. <laughs> know and do they have tests that tell you which variant you have yeah, no exactly. like yeah. the whole thing is just so ridiculous I, I i laugh sometimes i'm just like i feel like i've been dropped into like a b-rated really bad movie like idiocracy yes. and i can't get out like this is just so stupid it really is it's just shocking sometimes like i'm like god are these people are gonna fall for it again <laughs> and somehow i'm the bad guy like no 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 not gonna play healthy and just i was traveling through the whole thing never i haven't been sick through the whole thing like mm-hmm. it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah yeah totally man uh so so tell us a little bit about what learn the risk is up to these days like I, i'm sure you've got uh you know you kind of you were kind of i don't know grandfathered into this role you know you kind of just like took the reins of this this whole organization that had a lot of traction and a lot of momentum and a lot of following so give us like kind of break down about what that's been like over the last maybe year since we last talked to you it's, it was like taking, especially in the early days, a 10,000 piece, tiny piece mm-hmm. puzzle and putting it together again. Wow. Um, she, the website had been attacked before she passed. And so she was already trying to mm-hmm. um, re- fix the website. And then I, because that had happened, I didn't have access to everything like I used to. And I forgot to get the passcodes when she were, was here. Uh, because she never gives that in, she will never like do it in technology. Like it has to be in person. And I just, cause we were so busy catching up on everything else. I forgot mm-hmm. to get it. And so I had to like, I had, it was a lot of work to get everything back to, I, I mean, I had connections of course, to, you know, people that had helped uh, do work on it. And I, I was able to do it by just finding one little piece at a time. And it was a lot of work and I still have a lot of work ahead of me. Um, I, I did help a lot somewhat with the, some of the graphic design and whatnot. This one actually a uh, tattoo artist did for us. Um, but so I, um, I've been basically trying to make, create more things like these big car magnets mm-hmm. and bumpers coming out with more things that people can utilize to get the message out there. Um, and that's been going really well. Uh, and I'm trying to find more volunteers. I did meet a nurse recently who's just working part-time wide awake to everything that's going on. Uh, and she wants to help uh, volunteer for us. And because I met her through her ordering, actually, she, I, I trusted more. <laughs> and so I have a couple more people that are coming on to help us. I have someone that helps get all the orders out. I used to do that, but I have no time for that now. Um, but I have a friend that I've known um, through activism online first until I moved to Arizona. And then we met and we're like really close friends. She's taken on putting all the orders out for me. Um, we do, the two of us do a lot. Uh, we don't have tons of little help and, but it's going and we're going to keep it going. I mean, there is some momentum and it's picking up um, and we're just going to keep, you know, doing what we can keep getting the word out there. 
It's really, you know, this, this grassroots movement was built for everybody. It wasn't, you know, Brandy didn't ever want to be on, you know, a pedestal or a celebrity or a leader. She just wanted people to start getting out there and doing it themselves. And the one thing that I keep trying to encourage is just be your own leader. Stop, you know, yeah. a lot of people are so wasting, wasting a lot of time finding out you know, about every little detail about the COVID vaccine or about the co- this COVID, you know, virus, which I don't buy into. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just wasted time. I mean, if you already know that all vaccines are ill, yeah. they were, they were it was based on a foundation of lies right out of the gate. We shouldn't be wasting so much time. I feel like it's a distraction. A lot of, even within the um, medical freedom movement, there's a lot of information and everybody's just seeking information but we already know that they're harmful. So what we need to do is get more people taking action and getting that message out into mm-hmm. our community. Mm-hmm. And that is that is the biggest um, frustration for me on this path. And that is my mission. I'm just going to keep being the example as much mm-hmm. as I can and try to inspire other people to do the same thing, like get out there and talk to people. And, you know, how, where you put a magnet on your car, hand out, you know, stick these in the credit card slot. Mm-hmm. Um just get out there and get the message out there because until we have an educated public, we are going to be fighting these choice battles for a really long time. And it doesn't even matter what the politicians say when you have someone educated, like my kids are safe. I have no worries about my kids whatsoever. I could actually cross my arms and just go watch TV, which I never do and not worry about it because my, my family's safe, but I care about their future and I care about other children and I want people to be informed. I wish someone would have told me. And that's my driving force behind all this. I wish I would have been told. And so I'm going to do everything I can to wake up as many people as I can. And that's all I can do. And others have to do it as well. You know, watching, sitting and watching others, except for Trusilla. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But, you know, you need to get out and take action as well. (laughs) If you're going to if you're going to, you know, spend an hour watching more information, you know, seeking information, then spend two hours out in the public and getting the information out there because just people need to step up to the plate. And it's not, you don't have to be, you know, on stage and you don't have to be doing it in the same way that someone else is doing it. Just take a, your first step and, you know, even just stick these in the credit card slot so the next go. person grabs it. It's, you can do it silently, but people need to get out there and start taking action. Absolutely. You know, I, I want to ask your advice on something. Sorry, I didn't know you had something. But uh, so, and I haven't told you about this. This is really interesting stuff. So um, Tuesday, what was it? Tuesday, yesterday, right? Was that yesterday? Anyway, Ed sent me, oh yeah, Thursday. Okay. Yeah. So Ed sent me some information about how there was this uh, vaccine clinic that was going to be held at one of the elementary schools here in town, right? So initially my first thought was like, I want to go grab my bullhorn. I'm going to run down there. I'm going to start making a big scene and barking at him. And then like, I kind of thought about it after the fact and I'm like, you know, all I'd be doing is like yelling about how the vaccine is going to kill you and not the, not the COVID. I'm just going to like traumatize these kids. And like, it's just like, that's not, that's not an effective way of doing it. Talk to somebody today who actually talked to, I guess there were some people that went down there and they didn't do the whole bullhorn crazy thing. Like they were just like talking to parents as they, as the parents went in, apparently and were just like, Hey, look, kind of explain a lot of the things we talk about, you know, the, the heart inflammation, myocarditis, like all these, you know, risks that are so much more egregious than the actual virus itself. And they said that they had many parents turn away with their kids. And I was just like, damn, that's really powerful stuff. And I had kind of wish, I kind of wish I had gone down there, obviously. And so, you know, with such a sensitive topic of, you know, you don't want to 
hurt the kids. You know, you don't want to traumatize the kids. And I was picturing, like, I was envisioning, like, this whole thing with, like, Antifa being there and a bunch of anti-vaxxers and this big thing that just, like, it really, you know, we're here to protect the kids. We're not trying to, like, traumatize them even further. Do you have any thoughts around how to handle a situation like that specifically? Yeah, we've done that in Santa Cruz. I joined some friends when I was down there um, a few months ago, and they were having a clinic. And we went with signs. We had signs that, you know, I think one said vaccines harm, learn the risk, vaccines. And we have some that say like vaccines can cause cancer, vaccines mm-hmm. can cause allergies, and then learn the risk.org at the bottom. And we had flyers. And so we were, so we would hand out the flyers with information. Some took it, some didn't. Um, we had one guy drive by. So we did it on the corner. It was a busy corner and the clinic was like right there behind us. And we had one guy go and park his car and come running over. And he's like, I just want to thank you guys for what you're doing. And I'm totally behind you. And And we had some college girls walk by and they were actually interested in the information. They were asking for flyers. So at any time I go to a corner um, with banners and I've done that with my eight-year-old, we went Mm -hmm. to a busy corner because we had an hour to kill and we just stand there, just the two of us with our sign. But people usually will come by too. And some will go park the car and come talk. And I always make sure I have flyers along that have information on it. But no, yeah, you know, it, it can be such a, you know, I mean, these cards, and it says COVID on it because everybody kept asking me to make COVID cards. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, you know, I'm part of what's happening with the COVID thing right now that's frustrating is it's it's just it's distracting from all the other vaccines. Yeah. Mm. They're all bad. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. And, and and so I was like, what am I gonna put on the COVID card? So what I ended up doing that it just hit me one night. Like it hit me, it took months for something to finally strike because I kept thinking I had to have details about the COVID vaccine on these cards. And I was like, and I am just not wanting to research it because I already know, <laughs> like, I'm not wanting to dig in and like go through that when I know all of them are bad. Like, and so it just hit me one night. And so what I added to these ones was just COVID vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine, and then experimental and dangerous, like all vaccines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I added the manufacturer's not liable. The doctor's not liable. And the government is not liable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Learn the risk.org. And on the back of it is the national the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, where it mm-hmm. says that you can't sue the va- the manufacturers because they're unavoidably unsafe. Unavoidably so I had that on the back, and I was just like, that kind of covers it for COVID in all of them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was alluding to that earlier. Like, how many people are coming out to speak out against the COVID vaccine right now? That that start with, I'm not anti-vaccine. Mm-hmm. Right, like they, so do you they even know clarify. They clarify themselves before just just to make sure their peers aren't looking at them yeah. bad. Right, I mean, we've had like, doctors on the show say that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever. Okay, whatever. But yeah, like <laughs> if you really if you've really done your research, they're all poison. Mm-hmm. That's right for sure. But That's I right. just uh, kind of on what you were talking before, though. I just I want to point out though that I really feel like we are winning. Oh yeah, and we are growing at a, a fast rate. And, and, and as people are getting out there doing it, I mean, I encourage everybody to, but people are getting out and doing it right now. And, um, and, and I really feel like that at this point, big pharma in the, the cartel, whatever you wanted, the, the medical mafia, whatever you, I feel like they're reacting. I feel like COVID in so many ways was, was that this movement was growing be, before COVID ever happened. And it mm-hmm. was, it was protecting their profits is, is part of the reason why this, this whole thing happened, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I, and I think now that they've just, they've, they've opened Pandora's box at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And they're just, I mean, come on. I mean, I, I, back to what I was saying, the Omicron, I mean, it is just flat out ridiculous. The shit they're coming up mm-hmm. with now. It's like, like you can't even make it up. Like, and if you're buying it, you've just, 
I mean, you have no self-respect at this point mm-hmm. if you believe what they're shoveling down your throat at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, yeah. did you see any of the documents that got released? The Pfizer trial documents that came out yesterday, I believe. You know, you know about that. Mm-hmm. So they had. Uh, it's really interesting. I can send you the link. It's like a scribbed document, but basically they had. You know, they had the whole thing where Pfizer was petitioning to have. 55 years to release their clinical trial studies. <laughs> yeah. You should say about that. So, oh, like, I they, did. I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so originally it was like you, they weren't going to release any of their trial data until 2076, which is insane. Yeah. Well, no, it was going to be like 300 pages a year. But no, but yeah. So now like they're that. being mandated to release, I can't remember, like 500 a month or something like that. And they released like the first batch yesterday. And I read it all today. And it's crazy. They just straight up just like, yeah, in the first like couple of weeks, we had a thousand deaths. Like it's just like straight up. Like they're not even like hiding it. And just the nut, it's like 30, well, I think it's like 33 pages, something like that. But anyway, and then like the last seven are just all, it's just seven pages of adverse reactions. It's just insane. Absolutely insane. And, uh, you know, just the, the fact that, you know, you know, I heard also Germany, they're, they're, they're talking, you know, very clearly about, you know, mandating the vaccine for all citizens, like period, this is, this is going to happen. And so, you know, you, we just like philosophically as a human being, we can't be doing that when they're listing that, you know, some of you will die from this. And what is the benefit? doesn't make any sense. The craziest part too, is that the, the, the category, like that had the biggest number that I saw right off the bat that had the most adverse reactions was like the, it was, I can't remember, it was like 20 to 50 in like that age range. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. You know, I, I mean, you're just, you're just not going to get me. You're not going to get me on this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that, that is the hill yeah, we man. came to die on and we will defend it with all, I mean, and we got kids or I have kids yeah. like <laughs> this, like there's just no way, Tough. there's no way. And, no. and my, my kids weren't even injured by vaccines. Like yeah. that you, you can't say anything at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're going to have to kill me. Yep. Yep. And I, but man, I've got so much hope, you know, they will push, they will push, but, but that's just a sign of how much we are just devastating them in, in the information war and just in the war of public opinion, you know, they're, they're, they can't, it's all a facade. It's all a house of cards. They're propped up on this crazy false thing using their media and their social media and censorship. It's all fake. It's all fake. And so getting out there, especially in person, in real life and winning the hearts and minds of people on the streets in real life and looking them in the eyes and telling them your truth and our truth and, and what we've discovered to be the truth. That's, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. Yeah. And and people don't get mad. I mean, I've never had anybody get mad at me for handing them an information card and say, yeah. you know, I encourage you to look into this. Um, I've had like a straight face or like, you know, we're, I don't know that I've really reached them, sure. <laughs> but more, I would say like eight times out of 10, I can get in either. They already aren't vaccinating and they're, pre- you know, happy to tell me all the reasons why, and we have a great conversation or they are super curious and they want to know more. Like mm-hmm. most people that I interact with and, you know, when I reach out and try to give them information, it's, I'm getting a positive reaction from them and they're interested. And, you know, are there some that are already wide awake? I would say yeah. 25% of the time they already are not vaccinating. Yeah. So we're not alone. There's a lot of us out there a lot. Yeah. I'm meeting yeah. more people all the time. And I think there's something to be said for that too. The just the simple fact that like you know a lot of these normies or maybe people that are very pro-vax, very bought into the COVID thing, they're looking at us and they're like, really? After all of this and this hatred and you know casting out of society, you're still standing there, tall and proud and confident and staying this message like that. That I mean, that communicates something right there. The fact that we have that strong of convictions and that we're yeah. that dedicated to it, that is something like they, they probably, that's probably a lot of what they're, they probably go home at night and like, God, is there anything that I care about that much? Is there anything that I really would stand up for that much? 
And it's, it's, and maybe they don't consciously think about that, but subconsciously they see how we are just so resolute in our determination and in our conviction about these topics. And we're willing to go to these lengths and being completely cast out of society. Like this is not for the faint of heart. You know, this is not for people with thin skin. You know, it's, it's not an easy battle, but the fact that we're showing up every day and we're still pushing, we're still fighting and we're still, despite all the attacks and blah, 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 blah. I love it. I love it. Just like their hatred and whatever. It makes me, makes me stronger, more yeah. powerful because I can just rise above and just look down and be like, it, yeah, yes. Cause I know, I know what the truth is. Yep. It doesn't phase me at all. Like when we go to a corner and sometimes there'll be, I mean, we get a lot of honks, but mm-hmm. once in a while you'll get that middle finger yeah. telling yep. us we're, we're number one. And yep. so one day we had the idea that I should make signs or shirts. I do have one shirt, but I don't know. I'm going to sell them yet on the website. <laughs> I, I, I did post it by chance just because I had an interaction at natural grocers the one day and I was telling that story and I happened to have that shirt on. So everyone's like, I want you to make those shirts. I might, but what it says on the back is vaccines can cause anger. And the whole, (laughs) that idea came because sometimes when we're holding a banner at a court at a busy corner, they'll be yelling out the window and we're just like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't bother us. Like it's humorous to us that you're that angry because here we stand Mm -hmm. healthy in shape, doing mm-hmm. well, yep. holding the sign of information that you can either take it or leave it. And you're angry that we're here. You're yeah. angry and they're living in fear and mm-hmm. anger. And that can't be a happy person. I actually no. feel sorry for them because Absolutely. it doesn't even, it doesn't even pierce me at all. It bounces mm-hmm. right off. They've so yelled at our kids. System. <laughs> yeah. 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 It does. Their stress mm-hmm. of, you know, what they're hearing on the news is lowering their immune system living in fear lowers your immune system, anger lowers your immune system. And I wish them well. Like, I hope that, you know, someone else can maybe reach them. Obviously mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be me, but not yeah, so those day. experience. Yeah. I have those experiences sometimes just, but again, it's not in person that that's happening. It's someone driving by. It's easy for people to behave that way when they're, you know, it's a drive by or it's on, you know, social mm-hmm. media. Exactly. But we, I would say we definitely have way more honks than we have of that. Yeah, I believe that's been my experience too. You know, whenever we go to our little sure. rallies here, you know, there's always a way more honks than, you know, every now and then you get the occasional person freaking out. But I mean, it's just, it's all an illusion. The fact that we are the minority, I think is a very much an illusion. And, and, you know, it's that middle chunk of people that are just like, you know, they're, they're they just haven't quite emboldened themselves enough to take it on themselves, but they're like silently supporting it, you know, or maybe just at least questioning it. You know, the, the, there's a very small percentage of those who are, amplified through all the different social medias to give the perception that they're in the majority when they just it just the problem is, is those people in the middle make the best nazis yeah exactly yeah that's yeah. motivated by money yeah I mean, that's yeah. really i figured in my mind what the biggest problem with all of this is is we have a morality issue mm-hmm. in our world yeah. because i think that if people were standing on a strong foundation of morals none of this would have been happening at all none of it would have happened um and people will do things for money where mm-hmm. I would not, I wouldn't even be a mass Nazi telling someone you can't go in a grocery store. I'd rather live in a tent. I'd rather be in an RV in the woods. <laughs> I'd rather yep. be checked right out of society than to be one of those people that is supporting this from police to, you know, a mass Nazi in a store. I would never do that. And if you could have more people that, you know, just respected basic human rights and wouldn't do that to others. And I sometimes think that they're more morally culpable than I mean, I totally yeah. believe they're yeah. more morally culpable than the people at the top that are orchestrating it all yep. because it couldn't happen without them doing that. And they're doing it because they want the comforts of their life, but their life is that they're going to be, they're going to either, you know, be hurt by the vaccines or something is they're, they're not going to have this easy path. It's going to happen to them as well. 
if we don't stop this, you know, locomotion that's happening. Yeah, absolutely. But the order followers, you know, I have little respect for them. Amen to that. Amen to that. Yeah, right on. Well, Tina, so we, we got everybody going out in their communities on uh, Tuesday, December 7th, in honor of Brandy Vaughn, who passed fighting this battle. Um, what else are things that people can do? What are some other things that people can do to help support Learn the Risk? Or where can they go to learn more about the risk? I guess. So <laughs> learntherisk.org, tons of science on there. We have an online store where we have magnets, bumper stickers, um, information cards of all kinds, uh, flyers. Um we're, I had a birthday fundraiser that I did that we still are working on. Um, that was back in March. Uh, we only got one car wrapped so far, but we're still trying to raise funds to wrap 10 cars total. Uh, and, but we do have a few more people reaching out to that. Hopefully we'll get the second one happening soon here. Um, and we accept crypto on, on learntherisk.org. Awesome. And, you know, for those that maybe can't because of, work or some reason that they, you know, or they're too fearful to do activism, you know, if they can afford to do a monetary donation. That's always helpful. Cause I also, you know, people that can't afford this stuff, I will gift people I know are truly an activist and, you know, trying to get out there and do things. It's not about money at all. It's about getting this message out there. So I often will gift, you know, or if I have an, if I'm in an event, we gift out a lot of the informational materials as well to try to get it out there. So awesome. yeah, learn the risk.org. Perfect. Well, awesome. do you have any final thoughts or anything to leave us with here? Leave the audience with just be your own leader. I want everybody to just find the leader within themselves and get out there and just pay these, any truth, you know, any truth that they're discovering on this path, get it out there and connect with others. We know when the government's telling us to social distance and like trying to keep us apart, you know, it's more important than ever to connect with others. Exactly. Basically, whatever the government tells you to do, you do the 100% opposite and you will be okay. Exactly. (laughs) That's the moral of the story. So, Tina, wow. Well, thank you so much for coming with us tonight. Thank you so much. Please keep in touch and let us know if at any time there's anything else we can do to support the cause and uh, do not consent. Yes. Do not consent. Love those. We're going to have to order some of those. Yeah, we're going to have to get on there for sure. All right, Tina. Well, thank you so much. We'll catch you up soon, okay? Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. That was good. She's awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah, that was good. It was a great conversation, man. Uh, man, I can't believe it's already been a year since uh, I know since Brandy passed. That's crazy. I mean, it's, so much has happened. It's hard sometimes for me to verbalize, just like, but like when this happened, it, I mean, it's pretty obvious that yeah. there was foul play. Yep. And um, yeah, yeah. Make up, you know, say what you want, folks. You know, I would go back and look into this story some more. If you, if you've never come across this story, if you haven't, if this is the first time hearing Brandy Vaughn's name, like go back and look. Go watch some of the videos of her in her own words and some of the posts. Well, if they're even still on the internet, I'm sure maybe we could find something. It's probably scrub. Hi, I'm Brandy Vaughn, and for those of you who don't know me, I um, have been an activist speaking out against SB 277 here in California. Wow, what happened to our rights? How did I sit back and let this happen? This is a very slippery slope. In this fight, um, I have been under a little bit of heat and I wanted to document this um, just in case. I wanted to show some of the intimidation tactics that I've been under. There is a lot of shady stuff that goes on behind the scenes. I um, got involved in this fight because I used to work for Merck here in Santa Barbara where I live. And I worked there from 2001 until 2003, and I sold Vioxx for Merck. 
Vioxx was eventually taken off the market and it was proven that Merck had knowledge that it increased uh, heart attacks and stroke by two times and it uh, injured and killed a lot of people. It was eventually pulled off the market and I lost a lot of faith in the healthcare system. Um, I went to Europe and then I came back with a um, six-month-old son and I was bullied at the pediatrician's office in San Francisco when I asked to see vaccine inserts and questions about them. That was a huge red flag for me because I already had mistrust of doctors and the healthcare system in general and pharma. And so I did a lot of research and that was four years ago and that was where my vaccine research started. And I realized that they were not very safe actually and not very effective and I chose not to vaccinate my son. So when I heard about SB277 in California, I decided that it was important um, to that my voice was heard and that I was speaking up against it and part of the fight. So when I made that decision three months ago, I know that um, I knew I was going to take some heat for it, but I wasn't quite sure how much heat. And so I'm making this video today to describe the intimidation tactics that have been used against me to try and silence me. The first one um, happened when I was coming back from the Capitol rally um, in Sacramento against SB 277. And I came home with a friend to um, my hide a key being on my on my doorstep open to the key and the story behind this was a year ago when I bought my house I hid that deep in the bushes and six months um, ago I had looked for it because I thought well it's probably not a good idea to have a key to my house outside my right outside my door um, I couldn't find it but when I came back from Sacramento um, that one time it was about two months ago that the key was on my doorstep open um, to the key. That day I had my locks changed and I called an alarm service and I installed um, a $3,000 alarm system two days later. So what happened apparently is someone um, opened the door, the front door, went through the front door, picked the lock and my alarm went off and they immediately disarmed it with the master code, which nobody had um, but me. I made sure nobody else had that code. And they disarmed it at the panel with that code. Panels inside. According to the alarm company, um, at 3.45 in the morning, somebody entered in through the front door, the alarm went off, they disabled the alarm by putting in the master code right away into the panel. And then at 3.46 in the, mor in the morning, my hallway monitor sensor went off. Um, so someone went down the hall. And then at 3.48, someone opened my dining room window and then closed it right away. And then if you notice, the dining room window actually faces out towards the backyard, which is much more private than the front door, which they used to enter that time. 
And then they went over to the keypad, entered the code again, and then left through the front door at 349. After the incident, I talked to some security experts who have actually done intimidation for corporations, and they explained a few things. They said, well, A, they were probably tapping your place, so um, everything I say and do in here is listened to, if not watched. And then opening of the back um, window, because it's a much pri more private way to get in for future reference, for future visits. Um, when I did return home um, and the, the, the police came in and made sure nobody was here and then I came in um, after the alarm was set off, after the break-in, and what I did notice was they had left the, this window unlocked like this and before I left uh, for Sacramento all of the windows and doors were locked, double locked actually. I, went through twice to make sure that they were locked. So after that happened, I uh, didn't really feel comfortable sleeping in my house again um, because, of course, they could come in and disarm my alarm whenever they wanted. Um, there wasn't really another way to secure um, the system. I changed the code, but again, who knows how they got the code in the first place. Um, the security expert is pretty convinced that the house is tapped, uh, my phone is, is, is being listened to, my conversation, my text messages, and then um, my computer, all both my computers as well. The next thing that happened actually was with my computer. So um, one of the things that the police um, wanted to know was if anything was taken in the break-in. Of course, nothing was because they weren't here to take anything. I did have a computer here in a hiding spot and when um, the police were here, I did actually come and look to make sure the computer was still here. And it's um, here above the microwave is its hiding spot. It's not a place anyone would know to look for the computer. And it's not, you know, especially in being here in only four minutes. Two days later, after that happened, um, after the break-in happened, I walked into my place to move some stuff out and the computer was taken from its hiding place and put in the middle of the floor. And so I came back home to pick up some stuff. I wasn't staying here any longer. And that message was there, which was obviously very scary because clearly somebody had been listening in, um, if not watching where, as to where the computer was. So after that, I decided that it would be best to get out of town and I left um, town for a couple of weeks and really went off the grid for part of, a good part of that. So after the computer incident um, and leaving town for two weeks, the day that I came back, I had a friend come with me and him and I arrived at my place and found a ladder open right in front of my door, looking into the windows, um, the bedroom window. Now, this is my ladder, but this ladder lives in the garage. Um, so it was clear that somebody had accessed the garage, brought out the ladder through the side of my house, 
opened it looking right up into the window and this happens to be the only window that I had blinds open. So that was quite a message. Um, the security experts said, wow, what a better message than, than to say we're watching you. And this actually happened the day that I came back into town. So they clearly knew that, um, well, it happened the night before. Um, they clearly knew when I was coming back. The neighbor who was feeding my dogs came over after half an hour after we found the ladder and she's like, she asked, so what's with the ladder? And I said, I don't know. I mean, I didn't put it there. And she said, well, it wasn't there yesterday. So it means that it happened the night before I came back into town after two weeks. So clearly they are watching. The next incident um, was just two days later and that's in the garage. This Buddha was on the floor. Normally the Buddha is pretty heavy. Um, it was on here on top of the, the dog cage um, holding the towel um, to cover it up at night for the dogs. So it was taken off of here and there's really no way it could have fallen because I mean it's actually really heavy and if it had fallen it would have fallen you know some different way. But I walked in and I found it right there on the ground. The pictures were also knocked over. So then two days later I noticed it first through the kitchen window um, and it's not something I have ever seen before but there is a duck. On my table and when I talked to the security experts I said I don't understand the duck and then it came to me that I had been on my phone having a lot of conversations about people asking me you know are you staying at your house what are you gonna do and I used the term repeatedly well I, I'm not staying at my house I feel like a sitting duck because they can get in at any time and you know I'm a sitting duck and so that was actually quite disturbing to come home to. Um, now I have a duck. Um, I have never seen it before. It's not mine. Nobody else is having access that would bring a duck. It just, it's a clear message that, again, they are watching me. And the intimidation is quite, um, you know, intimidating. And it's quite scary. So after all of these intimidation tactics, it's very hard to feel safe and secure, but I am not gonna go away. I mean, I'm not gonna be silenced because these are important issues and we need to expose what's really going on behind the mandatory vaccination bills. It has nothing to do with public health. It has everything to do with profit. And I hope that we can all continue this fight it's a long, we may have lost the battle, but we still have a war to win. And hopefully by documenting this intimidation, they won't be able to get away with it um, in the future, with me and with anyone else who speaks out. There is some evil going on here. Maybe, maybe I'll find something and edit it in, I don't know. But anyway, check it, look into the story because it's very, very crazy, you know. And when, once you start to unpack, you know, what this is all about um, and you realize like these are, this is dangerous dangerous territory. So 
I want to say for the record, I am not suicidal. I am in perfect health. <laughs> I am not suicidal. I'm totally healthy as well. I, I've never been better in my life. Like, I know the New World Order is coming after me. I know there's a lot of haters out there. You know who you are if you're listening. <laughs> but look at me. I am on top of the world, baby. There's no way. We are living our best lives, best lives 100%. ever, baby. So, big pharma, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have to catch me. You know, you have to catch me slipping, but you ain't gonna get it. You ain't gonna get it. <laughs> so, hell yeah! All right, guys. Well, thank you everybody for sitting in with us tonight. Uh, let's see, Megan should be back soon. She's on the path to recovery. Um, she's doing great. You know, we're, we we talk with her all day. We we have a little group chat. We talk all day every day. So yep. she's doing good. Just can't sit here with us at the table. Um, so she'll be back soon. All right, well, I'm Scott, sitting here with my good friend Ed, and we wish all of you intellectual prosperity. Pew, 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 pew.